All right, welcome back to the Park Hills Podcast. This time we're going to talk about Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. We're really just going to focus on one verse more closely than the others because that's the part that we feel like we didn't dive into the passage enough. But if you want to hear you know, what we're talking about, whether it's our sermons or our videos, all that kind of stuff, go to parkhillschurch.com and you'll find everything you need right there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So Colossians 3.16, there's a lot packed in this one little verse, and we wanted to spend a little time just diving into that one. But let's just start with that first concept. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What a great concept. Yeah. You think about... That idea of something dwelling in you richly. Uh, you know, there are certain thoughts or ideas or passions that dwell in people, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe it's one thing for somebody else, it's another thing for, for somebody else. And But a lot of those things tend to be self-focused and they, even sin-related, um, pride-related so the idea of something dwelling in me, it's this idea of, in my mind, it's, it's the idea of something that is almost consuming to you. So right. it's, if you have a spare moment, it's what you're thinking about or you're planning or you're devising or you're daydreaming about or whatever. And, and here's this idea of Paul going, man, if something needs to dwell in you richly, it needs to be the word of Christ. Um, and... Again, there's there's this whole thing we've just talked about what we put to death and what, what things should not be part of us. And then he's gone into put on then as God's chosen ones, uh, these things that are the right things. Mm-hmm. And ha- having talked about forgiveness and love, he's certainly talking about our interaction with with one another. And and our interaction with with one another is better when the word of Christ dwells in us richly, because mm-hmm. that then drives out the things that are divisive. It divides or drives out the things that are argumentative or pride driven or, or uh, just sinful in nature. So what a cool thought, this, this idea of now in our interactions, but it starts in our, us individually. It's got to dwell in our own hearts, but then in our midst. And I think anybody who's been a Christian for any period of time or been around godly people, there's something about being around people who value the word of Christ and who let it dwell in them richly. It becomes part of how the interaction, it's a joyful interaction. It's an interaction that that builds one another up. I mean, that's where, you know, he's just teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom. You know, what a wonderful thing when Godly people who are both moving toward that goal. Remember the the two destinations we see pointed out in the earlier part of chapter three. You're either destined to mm-hmm. appear with Him in glory, mm-hmm. or you're destined toward the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And but those who are destined and have their minds and hearts fixed on on 
things above upon Christ with that destination in mind, we're both trying to get there. We're all trying to get there. Then when we encourage one another along that way and even uh, guide and teach one another, because the word of Christ is dwelling in us richly, uh, what a wonderful thing to have mm-hmm. happen. You think of the opposite of that as those times when, when we're sin driven and all those things we just were talking about putting to death. And then we're around people that are also sin driven, all destined for wrath. And guess what we're doing is we're pushing each other in the, in the negative ways, that horrible peer pressure where, we're, you know, it's just almost dare to be more sinful. And here's this idea of, no, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another, walk yeah. together toward that goal of glory. Yeah, that's a really cool concept. And I think, you know, when I think about it, it's along the same lines, but maybe to make it really, uh, I don't know if I want to say super applicable, because I think what you just said is is very applicable, but maybe let's just bring it down for a second. So think of things in our lives that we don't maybe do well, that we dwell on, right? I mean, how many times have you been parenting and you're like, I am messing this up? Today, you mean? Yeah. (laughs) And then you spend all day thinking about it. Yeah. Do you know you're dwelling on that thought you had or that that thing that you said or how you should have disciplined your child better and you're dwelling on it and you're really concerned about it or maybe your spouse and you aren't agreeing on something and you dwell on it all day long right i mean you you think about you maybe you have the arguments in your head with the with the person you know you're running back and you forth do that too? Yeah, we all do uh, you're <laughs> you're running back and forth in your mind about how you would handle it and you know you're right and you know they're wrong and you're going to spend all this time and we dwell on it, right? Or a, a car project for you or, you know, in my world, it's typically more of a house project, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, a wall that needs to get changed up in some way. And I just stop and I think, I don't know what I'm doing. And then what happens is, whether it's parenting or whether it's marriage advice or whether it's house projects or car projects or yard projects, like the, whatever the project or the thing is that I'm dwelling on, I need someone to come alongside me and teach me how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I need someone that's going to admonish me. They're going to encourage me, but also tell me that I'm wrong in this area. You know, if I'm, if I'm working on wiring in a wall and I, don't, I can't figure out where this one wire is going. And I just he did for, shock himself this week. I, I but did. I'm it was not, this I'm weekend. I had two little experiences with an electric current. It was really delightful. Uh, so, but yeah, that same idea, like whenever I'm freaking out about something and it, and it shocks me or it does something else, I need to sit down and think it through. And a lot of times I need someone that's better at it, wiser than I am to speak through it with, you know, speak it through with me and help me make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. How is that not any different than our relationship with Jesus? Like we, we get so caught up in this individualistic mindset of, of I'm going to do my devotions in the morning. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to do all this thing. And then we go through the day and we just are on an island all by ourselves. And what Paul's really encouraging us here is you are not supposed to do this alone. The word of Christ, first of all, is supposed to dwell within you, but then you're supposed to be encouraging one another and admonishing one another to actually do what you're supposed to be doing. And so often in church, we don't treat it that way. We don't act like it's a thing where people are supposed to come alongside us and help us do this, which is why we have, you know, knowing, loving, following Jesus together. That's why we wanted to add that together part to remind people, you are not in this alone. You are a community of faith driven toward Jesus together. We're learning to love, know, and follow him, but we're supposed to do it together. And so Paul's beautiful moment here is just the word of Christ should be dwelling in you, and then you should be teaching each other to do the things that you're supposed to do. There's so much we can gain from from each other. 
you know, just uh, even some of the pastors groups that I've attended. I know you've attended some yeah. too. We've done been it together. Together, and sometimes there, there's humor in sharing yeah. the mistakes we do together. We call them dumb tacks, and it's like we share. <laughs> pastors share all their failures and all the, and there's some really super bad ideas that some guys have had, and it's funny. We all, we laugh together at how. Right bad they went but on the other side of that it's uh wins we share wins what's god doing and and encouraging each other along the way and yeah sharing that wisdom and what a what a cool cool experience to 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 communicate to one another and we really do this when we interact with other christians it's it's this idea that we are fellow sojourners on a journey toward glory right and i think that really really helps and I hope that you, our listeners, understand that uh, that that Chris and I are, are are not ever trying to present ourselves as higher than anybody else, as as masters of the Christian faith. No. We're 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 on this journey with you. We're going down that road together, and we want to encourage. This is one of the ways that we do this: that we want to teach, admonish, encourage, and and yet we're learning along the way, and learning mm-hmm. from each other, and learning from our our mentors and our time in the Word. And what a what a beautiful thing! What a rich uh, process to be a part of. But there's more to it, even. You know, what about singing the Psalms, Chris, mm-hmm. and, and 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 the hymns together? You know, with the thankful spirit. Yeah, it's one of those things that we were just talking about right before we started recording. I don't know that people in the church necessarily know why we sing. It's a part of what we do. I think everybody expects there to be worship music, you know, and I've yeah. heard I've heard a lot of really positive responses about Bo and his family being here and everyone's so grateful that they've joined our worship teams and they're they're, you know, helping our worship teams think things through and now we have a staff member that's focused on music and everyone knows it's an important part of the church. They leave going, I really enjoyed the music, but I don't know if they know why we do it. And you read in this verse here, it says, Paul tells us to do it, to go sing. And then you go, yeah, but why is Paul saying that? And and whose psalms and what hymns are we talking about and what spiritual songs are they singing? Well, we we get glimpses of this, you know, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Almost every one of us agrees that that's a Christ hymn of some sort. The church is singing this. There's something beautiful happening there. Uh, there's an interesting verse near the end of Jesus's ministry where it says he, after they had sung a song together, they got up and went into the Garden of Gethsemane. It's right at the end of his ministry. And you go, wait, they're he's sitting with his disciples and they're singing, Jesus was a worship leader. That's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you think of Moses as as the, the Israelites get across the sea. He, he sings a song, right? He sings this beautiful song that everyone's joining in on. Miriam sings a song. Deborah sings a song. Moses in Deuteronomy 32 sings a very long song about what God has done. And so songs are a part of it. And really it's, it's a deep part of the fabric of being human, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Well... You know, people don't often realize that we go to church uh, to worship together, but they often forget that we are worshipers. I think one of the greatest evidences of, of God's existence is in the fact that people are worshipers. It doesn't matter if you know God or not, you're, you're worshiping somebody somewhere. And think about the way that Back in the days when you could attend a sporting event, and that was said with somewhat of wow. a sarcastic tone, but I'm that trying was, to be sarcastic. I'm trying was, to be that was a painful 2020 moment right there. Thanks for that. <laughs> that was good. But think about the way stands would go crazy right. for a home run or, or, or whatever it is, a goal. You name it, there's a, there's a sense of worship there, isn't there? And, and the way auditoriums are filled up for 
country artist or whoever, you know, and people are singing along. And what's funny about that is you can have uh, an auditorium full, uh, maybe for some kind of a concert, and they're singing a song about something that's really stupid, essentially. Mm -hmm. There's no any depth to it or whatever. Pickup trucks. Yeah, pickup trucks. Yeah, right. go back to the country thing. Uh, yeah, pickup trucks and drinking or whatever. There you go. And, and everybody's singing along. Right. Isn't that interesting? Like, first of all, you're paying to hear them singing, but everybody's singing along. They're, but there's something in us, and we're wired that way, that that's part of our worship. It's part of our engaging in the moment. And to me, it's sad when... You see people who can get super enthusiastic over sports, super enthusiastic over a star or a movie or whatever. And when it comes to their faith, they claim Christ, but they can't get enthusiastic mm -hmm. about worship. And uh, that's a, to me, that's a sign of trouble, isn't it? I mean, there's something missing there. And as long as you slap a phrase like God's country in that, that song, <laughs> suddenly it's a Christian song and it's all about Jesus. That's right. It's weird that we live in, in a country that does that but doesn't even see it in itself. You know, if, if I could describe America in a couple of words here, we just we, we don't look in the mirror and see ourselves. We look in the mirror and see what we want to see mm -hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. And so our, our country operates that way. And so then we operate that way a lot of times as a church. And I don't mean Park Hills. I just mean mm -hmm. the church universal. And what's amazing is when Paul says something like, I want you to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What true music that's worshipful is supposed to do is to draw our hearts to thankfulness in him. So, you know, we talk about worship theory. There's, there's songs that develop our relationship with God. So we call those vertical songs, mm -hmm. right? They either bring you to humility before God or they, they draw you in praise to him. And there's a connection, you know, vertically that way. Sometimes songs give us a, re a relationship with one another and remind us of each other. And so there's certain songs that are written that are supposed to actually make us realize what we have around us, our Christian brothers and sisters, and how that we're walking with Christ together and how that guides us through. And so, you know, just an example would be like onward Christian soldiers or whatever, this idea that we're banded together in a line together, serving God, trying to do this. And so we've got this horizontal, we've got these vertical songs, but all of those things pull back to this idea that what worship is, is an overflow of what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. If you understand what God has done for you, you can't not sing about it. It just happens. It's part of who we are. It's part of what we're excited about, you know? And when we think about if the word of Christ is dwelling richly in us, and if we're teaching and admonishing one another, why would we not overflow? Why would yeah. we not then sing psalms and sing praises to, to our God? And so whether we're talking about the newer songs that I know some, some listeners may not appreciate because they don't like something about the song, or whether we're talking about a hymn or something else, whatever it is, as long as it's pointing you to Christ and it's helping you understand what you're doing, that's different than the type of music you'd be listening to at a concert or different than, you know, ripping off your shirt with a letter on it, you know, the big C for Cubs, right? Or a C for the Bears. And you're like, yeah, you know, we won. And you're like high-fiving each other and belly bumping each that other. That is not on my bucket list, Chris. Uh, it's not on mine either, but I'm just telling you, that's what people do. Uh, but that's worship. And unfortunately, that's the wrong element of worship. Whereas what Paul's telling us to do is remember who you are, remember who Christ is. And if you know that, then it should overflow, which is why we have a portion for singing in our services, because the Bible tells us to. And whether we're talking about the book of Psalms or whether we're talking about some of those Psalms that I, you know, songs that I told you about a little bit ago, or if you just read through the Bible, if you're ever getting through a part in the Old Testament where it looks like it's a poem, that was a song that somebody wrote 
And so that prose is going to be sung in some way. So if you were to go to the right church or the right, you know, uh, synagogue, or I suppose, or whatever, you would hear someone singing those things in Hebrew as opposed to, you know, just reading the words like we typically do. So Paul's got a rich tradition there of singing songs. And he tells us, jump in with that. And with thankfulness in your hearts, focus your attention on God. They, those who are involved then are united. Yeah. And you think about everything he's been talking about, what what to put on, it all speaks to that, doesn't it? Because you're going to be united together in that. In the same way that, like we talk about fans, fans are united if they are going for the same team. I can remember being in stands that if you're going for the wrong team, it's sometimes not physically safe or whatever. You feel like you're going to get hurt. <laughs> but if you're if you're going for the same team or you're all there and you're listening to a concert, you all like that, you're kind of united in that. But how much more important for God's people to be united in worship of the living God. It's not about uh, a goal or a touchdown. It's not about a song that we resonate with on some level or we'd like to tune of. It's about eternity. It's about, again, that destination of glory, not wrath. 